Hey guys, welcome back to the 12-1 podcast. My name is Amy Kirkpatrick, and as those who have been listening all along know, I have taken a very long break. I have taken several weeks off uh, to kind of travel and do some fun things. We've been all over North Carolina, Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, and we were out in that area, and we decided that since the fall colors were coming, we were right on the cusp of the Smokies just being absolutely sprinkled with orange and yellow, and we decided we had to stay. So we extended our travels. We stayed an extra week plus. I don't even know how long it was, and did some camping, stayed in the Smokies, did some hiking, and just got to see the Smokies in its full glory. And I hear it's not quite at tip-top shape because they've had a drought and stuff, but... Um, it was absolutely mind-blowing and it was so worth it but we're finally in a place where we've settled down again happy just to take a deep breath have some creature comforts uh, get back to some normalcy and so um, here I am back in the spot where I record and happy to be with you guys today we are gonna be talking about signs and wonders and uh, this is something that's very huge on my heart because over the 15 years that I taught uh, at the Christian high school, it seemed like this was one of the biggest topics that my students would ask me about is, why do we not see God moving the way we hear about in the Bible? Like, you know, why why do I see all these things happening in other people's lives, but not my own life? I would hear, I would hear my kids say things like, you know, I have all the faith in the world that God can work miracles in other people's lives, but I just never see him work in my life. So I've just gotten the habit of stop, you know, not praying for myself. Or, um, yeah, I believe he can do amazing things, but it just seems like that was for a different generation and it's not for today. And so those were some of the topics that would come up. And, you know, trying to unpack that as like a mentor, as somebody who is trying to speak truth and in life into somebody that is a that is a journey that can take weeks, months, sometimes years to unravel because there's all sorts of reasons of why somebody's not seeing God moving in their life. Um, and I, I don't necessarily want to hit on all of them now. Some of that is just um, growing in relationship with God. And some of that is um, just where they are at and their belief of who God is. Um, some of that is, it goes deeper and there's hardships and there's struggles and there's hurts and, you know, lots of other things. And so anyway, it's a very, very big topic. But I was just reading through, I think it's Judges 6, and it's all about the story of Gideon. It's a, it's the very first um, chapter that starts to introduce Gideon and who he is. And there is so much in this one chapter. And I just sat back, you know, and I've read through it many, many times. For some reason, it just hit me now, and that's just the way it works. Uh, but I it just hit me in a totally different way. And it just... It seemed really, really uh, powerful just to see that Gideon asked these very human questions to God and kind of what the interaction was and how the story evolved from there. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is signs and wonders. And can we see those alive today? I find myself once again going into scriptures that I think help support somebody who is going through a lot of suffering and hardship. It makes me wonder who needs to hear this. Who out there is listening to this podcast that really needs the encouragement that's just going through a rough place and just needs to be lifted up and encouraged because it just keeps coming. I keep praying and asking God every day to lead me, to guide me in, you know, what to study, where to study in the Bible, you know, you know, what to pull out of it, what to share. And 
it just seems like this information just keeps coming about up about struggle and hardship. And so, you know, I continue to share it and I hope it's just going to impact one of you guys and help one of you. So here we are, we're in Judges 6, and we find out just before this, the Israelites uh, were fighting with a lot of the people groups around them. God used Deborah to create um, a release from all that, and they have 40 years of no strife with anybody around them, just 40 years of peace. But then we find out um, that the Israelites start doing evil in the eyes of the Lord, and um, they start, we find out about idol worship, all sorts of things. Uh, And... So what ends up happening is it says that in verse one, it says for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites because of their, because of their evil. And so we're hearing about God releasing um, the Israelites into the hands of the Midianites. And so we find Gideon in the mix of all of this. He is just a, no, a nobody. He isn't anybody of any significance. Um, but we see in verse 13, we, this question <laughs> that just pops up and you know, as soon as I read it, I just I just heard every single one of my students' voices. I heard just a, a few particular ones just in my head, just speaking these words out. And I was like, man, how many times have I heard this question come up? How many times have I heard somebody wrestling with this? And just to hear Gideon going through something that is so relevant today, uh, it just makes me realize how important scripture is, that it's not something that's for a past, you know, people group, but it's it's alive today and it's something that applies to today. So anyway, I'm going to read it because I think it's just fascinating. So this is verse 13, and this is Gideon speaking. He says, pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of the Midianites. So he's asking this this question of, you know, you're about to call me to do something really powerful. If you don't know the story of Gideon, I don't want to ruin it. Uh, you should read it yourself. But uh, And we might cover all of it. But God is calling Gideon to step and to do some really, really radical things. And Gideon has the the guts to ask God. And it's it doesn't seem necessarily um, like he's asking in a way of challenging God, but he's really, really curious. He's kind of saying, hey, I've heard stories about you and they're incredible. I've heard you parted the seas and you brought water from the rock and, you know, pillar of cloud, right? Like, what is that? That's insane. I've heard about this, Lord, but all I've seen is destruction. All I've been around is just seeing that, you know, for the last seven years, we have been given over to the Midianites, you know, and he's legit asking God, where is he? What is he doing? Where are the signs and wonders? And again, I hear my students' voices. I hear them, you know, asking that same question of, well, you know, my parents are divorced and this is happening. And, you know, I'm, I try so hard in school and I never get good grades and my girlfriend just dumped me and all this stuff's happening, right? And then they ask that question of, it seems like the more I draw closer to the Lord, the more I try to be, um, build a relationship with him, the more it feels like he's retreating from me. And that's just, gosh, that's such a gut-wrenching thing. You know, if an adult 
was to ask me the same question. I just think, gosh, you know, this isn't something that's going to be solved in a minute. This is many, many conversations over coffee. And, uh, and so once again, I want to, I want to be clear, um, that what I'm going to talk with you guys today and probably be in several parts, isn't going to be, you know, resolving this whole issue, but there is so much good information in just this one chapter alone that helps us to see how God's work, you know, and what his heart is. So we are not going to do a full study, but we are going to look at just one verse. And I think this one verse is really, really powerful. If you kind of think through it a little bit, I already read it, but it's verse one. It says the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. So instantly when I read this, I just thought to myself, okay, there's been this massive shift. The Israelites belong to God. They were God's children. They were um, his his precious people, right? And then it says that he gave them into the hands of the Mennonites. So when you think about this idea of God giving the Israelites, his precious people, to the Midianites, the Israelites belonged to God, right? But they didn't want God. So he gave them. He let go of them. He released them. In the Hebrew, it actually says give personally to deliver or hand over to bestow upon. So we're hearing this this moment where God had them. He he had them in his hands and it's almost like these people were rebelling so much against him that he just put his hand down on the ground and just allowed them to walk out of his hand of protection. And suddenly they were left to what they were pursuing, right? They were pursuing a rebellion against God and and once God gave them over to that right? They were sitting in their own mess, their own, um, their own issues, right? And I just kind of, you know, after kind of reading through that and reading the rest of the story, um, thinking about how, it, you know, Gideon was reflecting on that. And I just realized what causes somebody to step out of the protection of God, out of the relationship with God to pursue something else that creates such destruction, you know, and I got to thinking and I kind of looked up a verse and I found, I found this and I, I think it's really, really, um, a beautiful view of God's protection. And this is in Psalm 91, four, and it says, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You know, I've been, I'm homeschooling my child right now and we've been going through studying different animals. And so we've been looking at bald eagles and we've been looking at owls lately. And, you know, I sit there and think about this idea where it says here, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. And I just sit there and think about what a mother owl what a mother bald eagle does in order to protect her young and how, you know, she settles into that nest and she brings those eggs, you know, close underneath where they're going to be absolutely flawlessly, perfectly warm and how she is just going to sit on top of those, those eggs and just watch the skies for any signs of trouble. And if there is any signs of trouble, she will protect those eggs at all costs right? That under her wing, as those babies start to get bigger, she will coax them away from the edge of the nest, that she will continue to gather them up 
close to her as, you know, in the spring, soft um, snowfalls are still coming down and she cuddles them and brings them in closer to her to ensure that they are kept warm, to ensure that they have the best care, even though they fight against it, right? They constantly are edging out towards, you know, freedom. They want to fly, they want to explore, and but mama knows best, right? Mama pulls them in and, and keeps protecting them and looking after them and There is no safer place for those baby birds to be than under those mama's wings, right? And here, you know, God is using that same symbolism here when he says he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, right? uh, Nor the arrow that flies by day. I mean, these little these little chicks, right? These little babies are not um, fearful because they're not exposed. They're not in, out in the open. But yet here we find, you know, the same symbolism of how God cares for us, how he looks after us. But yet that rebellion is what gets us to step out towards the edge of the nest, to venture our new wings that we've, we're so overconfident in. And we venture and we kind of hop out to the tree branches and we start venturing away just in hopes that we can make it. And I don't know if any of you guys have experienced this, but we used to have a dove, a nest right above our front door. And it was very shallow. Gosh, it was maybe three inches deep. And they, the doves come back every year and they nest there and they lay eggs and the babies get way too big. And eventually one of them always falls and dies and it lands on the ground and it dies. And, you know, I look at it and I go, why does this mother not figure this out? But, you know, if that baby, you know, wouldn't venture, if he wouldn't, you know, go out further to the edge, he wouldn't, he wouldn't fall to his death. Right. And, So when I'm sitting here thinking about Gideon, when I'm thinking about this time period when these Israelites are in rebellion, I'm I'm thinking, man, they are making the choice to leave that wing of protection. They're they're choosing to step out from God's protective nest and step away from his warmth, his comfort, his protection, all of it. And they're stepping away from it, choosing rebellion, choosing to rely on other gods, choosing to have freedom, to um pursue life however they want, right? Uh, And they're choosing that over what God can offer. And so God just says, okay, go, fly, step out of the nest, see how you do, right? And it doesn't mean that God is no longer calling in their chosen people, right? It doesn't mean that uh, God's not going to come in and try to save them because that's kind of the story of Gideon, right? For seven years, they struggled under the Midianites, but God's going to go get his people, right? Right. but, you know, it's that's kind of the thing that's sitting with me a little bit is, you know, is there moments when we choose rebellion against God and then we get the hardships of it, right? Uh, and so I wanted to kind of think about it. I wanted to kind of challenge everybody as, as well as myself to really think about moments when we're being rebellious. Things that we know God is calling us to. Sometimes that's to have a softer heart towards people around us. Maybe that's to not be judgmental of other people or maybe to not join into gossip situations where we know, yeah, we're judging or we're, or we're getting involved or we're causing strife between people. Or maybe, um, maybe it can be as far as, you know, doing some sort of hobby that we know is just consuming us in a wrong way. Um, And it can obviously go to more serious things. But when we find struggle in that, um, I I want to just pause because not necessarily calling anybody out. That's not necessarily what I'm trying to do here. But this is something um, that I do in my own life. And I probably have brought this up before. But um, 
I like to ask God, you know, when things start to hit me and they start to get hard and I'm starting to notice that I'm struggling um, with something and I'm not, um, it just seems like God isn't there. He's not working in this aspect of my life. I like to stop and just ask God straight up. You know, because I don't want to leave the nest. I'm I'm wanting to be under the wings of my almighty God. I want to be under his protection. I don't want to have to worry at night. I don't want my anxiety to get out of control at night because I am choosing to be rebellious against God. So I stop and I ask myself, Lord, Lord, is there anything in my heart that is not supposed to be there? Is there anything that I'm doing that is causing me to rebel against you? And if so, I want you to tell me. I want you to shine a light on it. I want you to bring it to the surface so that I can expel it from me. And if this is something I'm going to struggle with, Father God, I pray that you would give me the strength, right? And I I want him to call it out because I don't want God to ever tell me, hey, I want you to stop judging, you know, people or getting involved in gossip. And I'm like, yeah, I hear you. And then I keep going and it gets to the point where God just gives me over to it. And all of a sudden my gossip, you know, you know, this is kind of how I see it, that, you know, all of a sudden my gossip or my, my way of doing things falls into the hands of somebody else and suddenly they find out about it. And I'm dealing with my own mess, you know? Uh-uh, uh-uh. I'd rather get that that situation out. I'd rather get that out of me, that habit, that um, thing that I shouldn't be doing, that thing that God keeps asking me to stop doing and I just refuse. I just refuse to listen to him. I don't ever want that thing to have the power over me in the way that when God lets go or when he let, releases me to be a part of that, that it come back, it comes back and gets me. And that's what happened to the Midianites. We hear that the Midianites just wreak terror on the Israelites, um, that they oppress them in horrible ways. Um, but that's what I want to kind of ask, is that is that their choice? Didn't they choose that, right? And I never want to choose rebellion. I never want to choose to venture from the nest. And so in light of Gideon asking this question, where are you? You know, where where are you, God, with all these signs and wonders that I've heard about? Well, what Gideon's asking is a testimony to the fact that the people have have been given over because of their evil practices, because of how they've been acting. And so I think when when we start to wonder those questions, you know, where is God? I haven't seen him active in my life. I think one of the first things we can do is self-evaluation, is to come before the Lord and ask God to be really open and honest with us, um, to be really um, bold with us and telling us what we need to fix. And I think ultimately we need to have um, soft and humble hearts to hear and to be willing to change and adapt. Um, But I think it's good to kind of see in scripture moments when people were so rebellious against God that God just gave them over to it, that he let them live out their life the way they wanted. And, you know, that's just something I don't want God to give me extra leash. I don't want to um, go out on my own and and, you know, step out on the edge of the nest and and almost fall to my death. I don't want that. Right. Uh, And so that's just one of those things. It's I want to work with God. I want to be under his protection. I want his favor to be upon me. And so, you know, if we're not seeing God uh, working in our life, I, I'm not saying that necessarily it's our sin, that bad things are happening in your life. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that if you're going through a period of time, you know, 
that one of the first things you can do is that you can ask the Lord and just say, Father God, you know, is there anything within me that is not supposed to be there? If, if there is ugliness in me, if there's rebellion in me, I want you to show it. I want you to shine a light on it. I want you to expose it and help me to have the strength to go against it and get it out I don't, so that I'm no longer in rebellion with you. And I think that's just a first step. You know, I've prayed that so many times and I, you know, most of the time there's something that God is showing me, but I've had times where God doesn't show me anything. And so then I can sit there and go, okay, God is silent and I'm not seeing him in this patch of my life. Um, but at least I know that he is not addressing something in me and I can kind of take a deep breath and I can kind of move forward and just continue to try to connect with him. And the story continues, right? I told you this is many, 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 uh, coffees that, you know, would take to kind of dig through all this stuff. But I think just seeing that, it was rebellion and God gave them over and they went through oppression and hardship. Just makes me stop for a second and just see, you know, that for some of us, the, the pattern we might be in right now, the struggle we might have with hearing or seeing God might come from our own rebellion within our hearts. Maybe God is asking you to do something and you're just not listening. And so, you know, I, I just want to give an opportunity just to allow each of us just to pause, you know, whether whether God's like moving in incredible ways, it never hurts just to ask God if there's anything that needs to be changed. It will never hurt. It will never hurt to ask. And just taking that with a humble heart and just hearing it and taking on those changes. Um, gosh, I mean... It just feels like when you ask those questions that God just takes you by his wing and he He just grabs you and draws you in up under his wing and just pulls you tight closer than ever. And I think, at least for me, I don't necessarily always look at it that way. I don't necessarily look at my rebellion as stepping away from him and stepping to the edge of the nest. And so I just think this is such a good visual. It's such a beautiful, beautiful visual for how we pull away from him. Anyway, I just think it'd be really good, um, a good challenge for all of us just to think through um, our rebellious ways, because we all got him, um, and how we can draw our hearts um, in closer to the Lord and be humble to what he is teaching us and challenging us in. It feels so good to be back just to be going through the Bible again together and uh, just sharing what has been challenging me. And so I, I don't know. I just appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys have questions, comments, uh, if you have anything that you need encouragement in, you need prayer, please feel free to write me. My email is 121podcast at gmail.com. I would love to talk with you. Just send encouragement, whatever it may be. Um, but I appreciate you guys. I hope that you will um, hit like and subscribe and all that just helps more people find this podcast. You guys, thank you. I appreciate you so much. And I hope you guys have a blessed day.